Hi everyone, welcome to The Geomologist Presents. This particular episode is not part of the RP Geoday 2021 exercise, but I've been accumulating this stuff and I wanted to get it out. And we, in it, we have some call-ins from Jason and I respond to it. His idea about when to roll dice for social encounters and how what the procedure would be. And then I have some unboxings of some really cool games that I probably would like to get to the table since, you know, so many games have so little time. And finally, we have the finale of the Iron Kingdom's 5e Legacy of the Witchfire mini campaign or adventure, really, that we did. And uh, hopefully you are entertained and enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Okay, just listen to your latest um, recap, Stuck in Purgatory or whatever it's called. Um, so... As far as the social thing goes, I my preferred way is exactly how Trey Webster handled it during that game of the Strange. I think he did a great job. So there are a number of situations I was in as Nick Cage that were social situations, and I had to explain how he was going to smooth and and talk to these different people. And notice that Shade, well. We don't know how Che reacted to the arguments I made because the GM doesn't share what the target number is before you make a roll. But basically he said, okay, well, how are you going to do that? What's your plan? And, and I explained, oh, well, I'm going to talk him up. I'm going to you know, appeal to this or that of him. But I didn't actually have to give a speech. Che let me explain what I would, the approach I was trying to do, but I didn't have to actually do it. So he didn't penalize me for not having good social skills. And then he, you know, had me roll. And that's my preferred way of doing it. I mean, if somebody is good at social skills and they want to make that speech, that's great. And and I would have zero problems with that. But if somebody did what I did and said, well, I'm going to appeal to this, this, and this, I would give them the same bonus I would give to a player that gave an eloquent speech. Because otherwise, you're penalizing players that aren't eloquent. And... Do we penalize players that don't know how to sword fight in real life? So, I mean, that's just my two cents. But I think Che ran those social situations perfectly. And I think he is the, um, yeah, I think that's the mark everybody should aspire to meet is, is the way Che did it. I really did enjoy how Che did encourage the role playing, but without forcing us to do the Play acting. There's another term that maybe that the acting. I think that's what Shay and or or is it Andy? One of them calls it. But he also would I like to not let you just cold roll. Um, he said, "Well, tell me what you're doing," and you explained to him what you were doing, and then you made the roll, which I thought was a great way to encourage us to just not focus so much on our character sheet but to explain what we were doing in the world and then have Shay tell us or uh, inform us what we should roll. I thought it was really fun and I'm glad I'm in this group. It's a really good group. It's a very positive minded, encouraging group. And I like that. I mean, if I were an adversarial GM, I just penalized you for existence, right? Um, that's what I have had happened in the past with adversarial GMs. You're just always penalized. You can never win. But as you know, I'm more accused of being the Monty Hall 
love the player GM, which is what I prefer because it's a player story, right? I always emphasize that. And as much as you give me shit for railroading, um, you'll have more free will and reign than you think in my games. For the most part, just beware of quantum ogres, right? I do a lot of Kickstarters and I never know when I get a box exactly what it is that I'm getting. So today I have a box from Nord Games and um, it's uh, about 8 by 17 about 5 inches or so deep. So my cat might, there's a cat here that, and she might help. We'll see. I will try to open. It's kind of cool. It's one of those like boxes that is like you, you cut it a couple places and it kind of flaps open. There we go. Oh, okay. I didn't know that they distributed that. But here we go. This is, um, it is a Kickstarter product, and it is. Um, it is from Cobalt Press, and what I got here is the Scarlet Sword, which I also did the VTT for, and it is a Dungeon of Secrets, a mega dungeon of some sort, a, a classic-style adventure for 10 levels of play, compatible with 5th edition, um, tons of original traps and monsters, and it's the book with the map, the pull-out map. You can hear the pages creaking. Lots and lots of encounters. I definitely, I was, did they, I don't think they, we did play test some of this, but I don't think they, unlike in uh, Empire of the Ghouls, there, there doesn't seem to be any play testing credit. Um, like they had a, whole set of pages for credit for the Empire of the Ghouls, although that playtest was more involved. This was just playtesting a set, uh, couple sets of encounters as opposed to an Empire of the Ghouls where you playtested for several things and several times. So pretty cool. Scarlet said it also, not just the book, but there's this, another a baggie of stuff. Oh, the map folio. So it's a big map folio with, wow, these are uh, one, all sorts of maps that would be great at the table if playing live, but not in VTT. Um, but the map folio is pretty ex damn extensive. It's pretty nice. So I guess this was part of the, um, the things to unlock during the Kickstarter. Um, so there we go, it's the map folio with the Scarlet Citadel. Yeah, I'm gonna do another unboxing because I got some more stuff today. What? That's Amy in the background. I'm doing another unboxing. So this is a letter size envelope. It is from AAW Games. 
I'm just going to tear it open. And what it is, is the Survivalist Guide to Spelunking. Wow, that's a pretty cool cover. Like the cover, it's like rough feeling instead of smooth feeling. So this is the 5E, I guess, successor to the Dungeoneer Survival Guide back from AD&D days. Um, it looks pretty cool. Pretty cool pictures. It's a 45E, but it's a comprehensive taxonomy of caves, expanded climbing tools and rules, advice for designing maps and running 3D environments, modular rules for momentum and chases, rules for minerals and exotic ores, streamlined rules for tracking supplies, foraging and hunting, etc. etc. Well, it is pretty cool. It is actually really good for an underground campaign, especially for 5e. It's very nice looking. I might have to do like a podcast where I compare this to the Dungeoneer Survival Guide and see what if it covers the same things or not, or how updated it actually is. Looks pretty nice. It's pretty interesting how the text is arranged. It's like a three column of text uh, throughout. Instead of like a two column but three columns of text pretty dense more dense i guess even though the font is pretty large much like many 5e products three columns makes it a bit more dense wordy wise so that's kind of cool very nice art actually really cool black and white art throughout uh really nice cool it'd be very useful i think i had started writing um the abyss the 5e adventure from Watsi out of the abyss and this would work perfect with that i think or any underground campaign all right good stuff i got another mystery box man i don't know what the hell is coming in nowadays but it's a bigger box it's about uh, six inches by eight and a half by eleven six inches deep and it's from it says it's from flat river group from Belding, Michigan. And it's too mean. Not anything weird for my wife. I don't know, maybe it's an Amazon-y thingy. Hey, if it's not game-related, I'll get to races. The big box, plenty of poop-poop wrap, or poppy things. Oh, oh, very nice. So the product that I have received is from Free League, and it's the Alien Role-Playing Game Colonial Marines Handbook. Awesome sauce. Can't wait. I really would love to run Aliens RPG or Coriolis, any sci-fi game with the Free League mechanic, MYZ mechanic. And I would be excited to run this Colonial Marines Handbook. I have some stuff online. I have the starter set. And this has... Um, for the Alien RPG Colonial Marines Operations Manual, History of the Organization, Creating Marines, Weapons and Vehicles, The Frontier War, Factions on the Frontier, Marine Missions, and the End Game, which the End Game is a, a scenario. So, and oh, Marine Missions are six thrilling missions that you can do too. So, pretty cool. The Alien Colonial Marines Operations Manual in the house. Aliens coming to a geomologist game running thing near you.
Hey there, everyone. This is a recap of the Iron Kingdom 5e game that my friends and I have been running a week, more or less weekly. And guess what? It's very cool. We actually finished the mini campaign, Legacy of the Witchfire, that is going to be that was part of the Kickstarter that Privateer Press did for the Iron Kingdom 5e game. And I've used all PDFs. I've gotten the PDF. We haven't gotten the print product yet. So uh, now we've finished. I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen next. So um, the characters picked off from last time. We had all people present this time. So that's five player characters. And they followed the tunnels from their last encounter with the undead torturers to another torture den. Seems that they were extensive in this part of the old Orgothi temples and no one saw anything they just saw a lot of webs so they said oh they're probably spiders but we can't see them so we're going to go burn the webs um, when they went to burn the webs then the spiders attacked since they had snuck very well they got advantage on their initiative there's not really a quote-unquote surprise round in 5e so that's the way we're running it they give advantage on the initiative and the players usually win that out so most of the players went before the spiders, and uh, there were some harrowing moments, I believe. Yes, at least one character went down, as is typical in my games, And uh, but they took down the spiders not quickly, but it, it, it did take some time. Um, no one else went down. They found some loot, which was interesting. They found three scroll spells, including the scroll of Revivify. That actually one of the players remembering what had happened to his um, the woman he was gonna go meet uh, one of the I think it was sister sister Agnes maybe uh, he was gonna meet uh, after everything was said and done or meet her at the festival um, to start courting but she had been murdered and the players had been blamed for it he's like oh maybe I can bring her back to life however um, the arcanist and the person who was of a religious mind said, well, there's something wrong with this scroll. It might cause problems if you bring them back. It seemed to be written on a piece of human skin and in the Orgathi infernal tongue. Well, they continued from that, from being attacked by these crypt spiders and they had heard chanting before, um, Fortunately, they were able, This the arcanists in the group felt that they had some time, so they were able to take a short rest, because they, they did get beat up, and like I said, one of them dropped, but then if they, if they did take a short rest, then there would only be a matter of time, a few rounds, before the ritual would be complete, so they ran the rest of the way up there, they got to this place where they saw uh, the sword, the witch fire, in a body and something forming into the husk of a man who was conducting the ritual and around him there were infernal cultists helping with the ritual so there's in this verse uh, magic is um, there's always a visual display whether you cast magic there's like arcane symbols drawn in the air that manifest or in this case in a ritual the 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 sigils and stuff were glowing and drawn on the ground and uh, the characters proceeded and they 
and they did actually one character charged uh the rich the head ritualist becoming a demon thing and his name was omadamos and attacked him despite be taking damage uh every round within this circle of ritual other characters took out the infernalists and the the magic using character the warcaster began going to each symbol while his uh, jack was punching and and well his jack did take some time to get up there because it had some flaws but when the jack did up there it started beating things up too but he was disrupting and defacing the sigils so the ritual would be stopped and i thought what was cool in this scene i just the, the scene was i'll say as written it is scripted and i didn't like that so i said you guys do whatever you want don't worry about you know this is witchfire thing that's very iconic in the verse uh, so one player said okay well i'm gonna grab the witchfire he ripped it out of the body and there's still tendrils of smoke emanating from it but then he used it and he is a mage hunter so he used it to great effect against uh, the head ritualist who was becoming a demon and they a combined effort of the players cut this guy down um he was able to cast, or the, the rich head ritualist slash demon was able to cast some cool spells. I even got to cast a fireball, but it wasn't super effective because everyone made their save. He cast Talus Rebuke. There's drinking a potion. And, but what I thought was cool is that the uh, to finish him, the uh, uh, Dormio, the, the duelist, he had gotten a gun from after they'd rescued some children he'd gotten a gun earlier uh, a, like a big hand cannon earlier in the game or the series campaign and uh he fired upon the creature and what was great i didn't get, i didn't even need to give him the extra bonuses from the the gun is a magical handgun called the final verdict but he pronounced the final verdict muttering the name of Omadamos subconsciously unconsciously as he fired upon the demon thing forming and destroyed it <laughs> however that was not all uh while they as they destroy this this guy i mean it's a catacombs right and this is part of the scripted you know almost ending this guy captain jack derrigan who'd been there foil behind the scenes uh that they probably didn't know came upon the scene and said oh thank you for killing this cult of demons i'm also a demon cultist but for a different cult of demons Ha ha ha. So he, he opened up a portal, but they took him down very quickly. And then some demon ripped out of his carcass. But by that time, Alexia Sionor had arrived on the scene. And uh, what was cool, it worked out well for me because the mage hunter had run to cut off the escape of the Jack Derrigan, Captain Jack slash uh, other cultist demon thing. And... Alexa came behind him and said, and said, uh, asked, uh, pointed to the witch fire that this mage hunter had. And I was surprised. He uh, gave it over. And then she raised with the swords and she kind of knew it. Um, oh, I guess that's the thing is that what they're trying to do, these rituals, was pull out Omadimus from the witch fire because I guess it's the property of the sword is like if you kill something with it, it becomes absorbed into the sword. So, Oh, Alexia knowing and the new character not being attuned to it could only use like the current benefits uh, but Alexia knows the sword so she grabbed it 
raised the, the dead cultists that were had been killed into thralls and they they with the combined might of the characters took out the second demon thing um, and that was kind of it the epilogue was that Alexia then answered any questions they had um, she told them that her uncle father Dumas was still alive though the the, the sisters had been killed uh, and then proceeded to leave Corvus dragging the undead risen thralls with her out of the city. So that was it. That's the end of the mini campaign. All the characters got to fourth level. I don't know if we're going to continue or when we're going to continue. They have all the characters. Like I said, they're in D&D Beyond. We can use this as a backup game um, in which and I promised them I'll make up my own stuff because they're not super fond of these pre-made adventures for the most part it seems they want to do their own thing because they like to you know play their characters and follow the characters motivations which is totally understandable i get it um but that's iron kingdoms 5e we finished a mini campaign yay whole adventure going from levels one to four i guess that would be the first book in a big adventure path like if if we were playing pathfinder but uh, there you go fourth level characters not not bad not bad it's a good composition uh, what I saw in the game is that for sure the the gunner is getting damn awesome. The gunslinger is blasting things left and right and doing a lot of damage with his um, his mage pistols, which was pretty cool. They make it pretty easy to use guns in this game. Yes, it's, it's kind of expensive, um, but for example, most pistoliers can use as a bonus action to reload their, their single shot weapons and you can get multi-shot weapons and they have like simple pistols and and more complex pistols, which is is kind of neat. So um, very cool, and I glad I'm glad that the the rogue character got to shine. He was doing bad roles and and unfortunately missing a lot, but he actually he, not only did he um, kill Omadamos, but he also killed Jack Kerrigan, and and it was very satisfying because he because as the Kerrigan thing died. As Kerrigan died and the demon exploded out of him, he told him, ha-ha, I killed your potential girlfriend. Um, so it was pretty satisfying for that player, I think. And now he might have a mission when it continues. Okay, well, that's it for IK5E. Uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed that recap.